The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our DC. Hello, everybody. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all the ships at sea. This is Dave. I'm your host for the Boston Podcast. As far as I know, still, the city, the Greater Boston's only Monday through Friday daily podcast. And if you're an avid listener, you might notice that I've missed a few days here and there in recent months. All I can say is, I'm sorry, please forgive me. But we seem to be back on schedule with a daily show, which is really cool. And I have a really cool guest. His name is David Keefe, the great David Keefe, my buddy David Keefe. Financial whiz, David Keith. I'm just going to keep going. How are you, Dave? I'm doing great, David. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> I was just thinking um, it would be it would have been a tragedy if your parents named you Keith. I don't suppose you have any relatives named Keith. I hope not. I do not. Yeah. And then imagine if you had a lisp, you'd be Keith. Keith. I mean, it would be a disaster. I can only imagine. Keith, uh, Keith is hard enough. You have to pronounce the F. It's tough enough. Yeah. So you and I have one thing in common, and that we have relatively short names that are relatively hard to spell right yes, i mean <laughs> i mean keith then they probably think you're saying keith right all the time like the actor david keith um and you have to say it by the way it's k-e-e-f-e right correct couldn't be easier yeah. couldn't be easier before uh, we got a lot of cool things to discuss about david and it's not going to be boring financial stuff so please come back if you've just turned us it's too late we lost tomorrow damn it no i'm just kidding uh so David is uh, kind of a renaissance man. He likes to travel, and he's a man of convictions, and he puts a lot of thought into things like time work management, which we all need, right? How often have we struggled with organization and keeping ourselves happy on all of our various ledgers of our life, all the different buckets? And you think about this a lot. I do. I think about it quite a bit. Yeah. And so he actually gave a t- talk with a buddy of his a couple of years ago, which you're going to hear a slice of a little bit later in the show, and he's going to tell you what a gratitude list is. And maybe by the end of the show, you'll have assembled your own gratitude list. It's not that hard. Anyone can do it, right? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Uh, before we get there, let me mention our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up. Applied today, usps.com slash careers. The U.S. Postal Service deliver for the nation. I also want to give... My daily shout-out to my buddies at Adori. Kardik, what's up, baby? My buddy Kardik, who's in India as we speak. Let's see. What time is it in India? Alexa, what time is it in India? I'm asking Alexa. She should know. Although It's 12.40 a.m. in India. So, Kardik, you're probably asleep. But um, he takes such good care of us. Adori is, an, is a podcast platform that we use, but it's also an app that you should download. So, download the Uh, Trust me on this. A-D-O-R-I, Adori. Download the app on your phone. Your podcast will come to life. You will see images. You will see links. If we're referring to some obscure article, song, movie, there'll be a link right there. Wait no longer. Click, 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 and uh, check out the Adori. And you can listen to any app on the Adori. So I'm looking at David. David, please, can we have a handshake deal? Adori, he's writing it down. A-D-O-R-I. It's a really easy app to use, and some of the other apps out there that play podcasts aren't necessarily so user-friendly. They haven't quite gotten that right. You're nodding your head yes, David, right? There's the whole thing with um, 
and uh, I won't mention the name of the app, but it might be or it might have to do with some kind of fruit. And there's this whole thing about available episodes and then your episodes or something like that. And I always like I just want to get to the last episode I just listened it to. It takes a long time to find what you're. It takes too yeah. long to find what you're looking for. Exactly. Too many clicks. I mean, I'm in the car. I can only look down for so long. No, I wouldn't do that. I Although swear. what we were looking for ten years ago wasn't even available. So if it takes an extra click, it shouldn't be that bad. But it should be easier. Yes. Yes, and of course we're spoiled electronic age children, and so if something incredibly sophisticated that's incredibly hard to develop breaks, we're still pissed. Anyway, so download the app, A-D-O-R-I, Adori, and if you want to uh, learn more about what they're creating, go to adorilabs.com. So David, before we get, again, financial advisor, he's in Waltham at Four Point Financial, and I might as well give out the URL right now. It's four as in the numeral four dash pointfinancial.com, so fourpointfinancial.com. And um, I've known David for as many as four or five years or so. You, you and I met through networking circuit. I haven't known you in 10 years, have I? Maybe. I it's, been, it's been a while. <laughs> I don't know. Us Davids tend to stick together, so once we, we meet one another, you know, and we, and then of course, I'll see you next month at the Secret Order of the Davids, you know, meeting at the, uh, in that underground lair somewhere. To be a lot of us. Yes, that's true. Well, we used to be the most popular name. I think when we, you and I were growing up, you and I are of the same vintage and uh, thereabouts, and it, we were number one. And now we're, now we were number one. I think Michael had us. I have a friend, Michael. And Damn, they were ten Michael. years running. Yeah. We could have been top five. Always. Maybe number one, but on Social Security, you can go and actually see the most popular, the most popular name yeah. for any year. We should look that which up. Which is kind of an interesting thing to see. Always a bridesmaid, never a mic. Yeah. That's us. Um, but before we uh, get into all the stuff that we're going to get into with David, we uh, we will lock him in the Boston vault where we, we put people and we force them to answer certain questions about our fair town. And uh, don't worry, David, these, these armed guards are here for your protection. Um, the, the handcuffs are just a formality, and oh god, that is a big door we have here in the Boston vault. So let me ask you a few questions about Boston. You grew up in uh, what town? Watertown. Watertown. Do you have particular? What were your feelings when you saw the Watertown police during that? Um, and I'm, I'm downshifting from joke mode here to say mm. very dramatic situation after the marathon bombing and try. You must have taken maybe a certain amount of pride in the way they responded to that and caught the bad guys and everything. Yeah, it was very interesting. My father was a police officer in Watertown for 32 years. Oh, come so on. we actually had – he wasn't at the time, but right. certainly had some insight after that. And, yeah, we're very proud of the the police officers, how they handled that. I knew – I know a number of them personally and just really? what they had to go through. I think my father in 32 years drew his gun once. Uh-huh. And didn't have to discharge it, mm-hmm. and you know and that's that was really what Watertown is. It's a very safe community, and to have to fire guns on an open street, it's you know it's a much different right. situation. Those guys handled it incredibly well. And my mother was living at the time in Watertown, and a lot of friends and family there, and yeah, it was mm-hmm. quite. You know. All right, um, you mentioned that you lost your Boston accent or, re- or developed a Boston accent, which you then. Turned in for a set of, set of steak knives or something. No, I'm sorry. We were talking before we started recording about Boston accents, but you don't seem to have one. Did you have one? I did. Well, we joked about that earlier. Yeah. It's, I didn't really realize I had a box Boston accent until I traveled to Florida and I worked at Walt Disney World on a college co-op for four months. And while I was there, 
every personal interaction I had or every conversation I had with someone just started off with them talking about my accent because apparently it was very strong at the time. Yeah. I remember uh, I was a vendor, so I was working at this pretzel stand selling pretzels in Pinocchio's Village. I was going to ask you what you did. Okay, so, so you, you were in Fantasyland, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I know my Disney. Yeah, so you like. do. And, <laughs> but it was really fun. It was a college program. You did some business things there, went to some classes. I actually learned quite a bit about business and operations. But at, at working at the pretzel stand, I, I recall giving change to a kid and his mother in, in, the, in the, the cost of the whatever they bought, maybe they bought a soda and a pretzel, it was $4.44. <laughs> and I said, that's four forty four. <laughs> and the, the little kid who was probably eight or nine years old just started laughing hysterically and going, Mom, he said four forty four. He said four forty four. <laughs> and then that, I think that was the pinnacle for me. It was it. all the other conversations that I had with all my friends. And they would say, oh, where are you from in Boston? And it would just go on and on. So when I came home, I just I was still in college at the time. I just started systematically removing the R's from my language. Not that I wasn't proud of my heritage or my my uh, accent or anything like that. I just felt that in conversation it was going to be more of a, a conversation point than I wanted it to be. And if I was mm-hmm. trying to get a point across to someone or have a uh, just a strong conversation about some type of topic, I didn't want that to be a barrier. It would be distracting, right? Yeah, yeah because it it so. I think that I wonder if that's advice for the the Boston youth, or the greater Boston youth of today. It it depends, I think. So you know, one of the great criminal defense lawyers in Massachusetts is named Kevin Reddington out of Brockton, and he's got uh, just a very thick accent. David, how you doing? How's everything going? How's all kids of yours? Uh, and when he goes into court. He that's his shtick, mm. and it's part of his persona. And he's like, he's one of us. He's jur- ladies, ladies and gentlemen, the jury. My guy here, he was he was on his way back from the bar. Did he have a pop or two? Sure. Sure he had a pop or two. But, you know, whatever. Yeah. And so and he's and, a genius, that, right? He's a genius. And yeah, well, right. Bright, it's, bright guy. It, it's by design. I mean, he does talk like that. Well, the but, same thing when you yeah. hear a lot of southern senators, you know, from the southern oh, states. Yeah. And so you hear them on TV or what have you or in person. And, I mean, it just works for me. I'm not saying anyone should do that or not right. do it. <laughs> right. Just for me personally, it worked. Yeah, uh, when you said the 444, it reminded me of uh, John John Ham's character in the town, which they they did something very shrewd. They um, had him not have a Boston accent, even though he was a Boston FBI agent. I guess he was a Boston guy, and so, but but at one point he mocks the Boston accent when he's yelling it, like you know, it's either the Jeremy Renner or the. Ben Affleck character and saying, you didn't hold up a packy for a couple, you didn't hold up a packy for a roll of quarters. And, and, um, it was genius, which, which is, and also a shrewd move because listen, Hollywood, Hollywood Guild of America, actors, actresses, if you don't, if you're not from Boston, just don't do it. Don't do it. Cause we can spot it. We can, we can smell a bad accent like a fart in an elevator, as they will say. Yeah, and I'm very – I mean, we're very proud to be from Boston. I'm very proud to be from Boston. I go to yeah. a lot of national conferences. So I have friends in the Midwest and California and in the South. And when a group of us are from Boston and we're someplace, you're from Boston. People know. It's I mean, a re- <laughs> yeah, that happened to me recently yeah. at, a, at a podcast conference in Orlando. I immediately it, – it's a me- an immediate conversation starter. And it, that is nice to be from someplace mm-hmm. where you're proud of. Like I'm not sure that happens if you're from, you know, Sheboygan or mm, Detroit. Sorry, Detroit. You know, or, or whatever. Some places, Texas, I, California. Actually, actually, I take it back. Yeah, Detroit yeah. Detroit's probably has a great yeah. deal of pride because it's like, sure. well, screw you. I'm from 
from the 313. So um, you're from Boston. You think the only place where you would have pride is from Boston. That's a perfect Bostonian answer. Yeah. Well, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I, I guess I guess I've, I've just it turned it all around. I guess you should have pride wherever you're from. But yeah, you don't. You know. Yeah, I'm from New York. It sucks there. Um, uh, that was a mix of Boston and New York accents. All right, Dave, stop doing accents. Nobody likes them. The crack research team at the Boston Podcast has come across the most popular name by year. Now, I was born in 1968. At the time, oh, David Keefe, you're a genius. The the second most popular name in America was David. And in fact, for one, two, three, four, from the years 1966 to 1969, David was always second to Michael. So, my God. How about, check out the brain on David Keefe here. Wow, that's not bad. And now, would you care to guess what the most popular name is? We don't appear in the top five. Let's see, we dropped out of the top five in, oh boy, you got to go way back here. You got to go back to the, (laughs) David, 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 David. It looks like 1970, 19, sorry, 1983. No, we still make the top five in 87, 89. And then bye bye David. So 1989, we were the fifth most popular. My, oh my God! How many friggin' Michaels are there out there? You wouldn't believe Michael. Michael is like the uh, New York Yankees of names when you look down this roster. But would you care to guess what's uh, number one? Mohammed. <laughs> <coughs> you made me laugh so hard I coughed. Uh, no, I'll give you a hint. It's a. It's a. It's an Irish. I'm giving name. you a reference to the movie Superbad. Yes. Because as you gave a reference to the movie Pulp Fiction when you mm-hmm. said the brain on David. I did. Mohammed, when the when the young kid was looking at his fake license where he got a yep. he got a license from Hawaii and they right. said, Why did you name yourself Mohammed? Right. And it's because it's the most popular name. So that was, that's where I got oh, that. Oh. That's a good pull. Most people just remember um what's his name? Uh 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 uh, the my God, the, who's the diminutive, very skinny guy, uh, McLovin? Yeah, oh, that's him. That's uh, that's McLovin. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. McLovin. Yeah, with he, his he fake with, ID from he Hawaii. Went with Muhammad, right? Yeah. So, number one, the hint is uh, it's an Irish name. It's a name of Irish descent, and people with this name have a certain set of skills, and they can track you down. No, nothing. Uh, Liam. I was trying to do a Liam Neeson uh, imitation. Is that the most popular? No, Yeah, I would not have guessed. In 2018, which is as far back as these stats go, number one, Liam. These must be American, I take it. Obviously. Well, my, yep. my son's for, uh, name is Lucas, and there's a lot of Lucases. It says Lucas K, Lucas H, Lucas this, Lucas that, but he does, one of his good friends' name is Liam. Yeah, there's, there are a lot of Liams. Number two, this surprises me, number two, Noah. Number three, William, uh, which William, I imagine, has been, you know, kind of a mainstay on this list. Number four, James, ditto. And number five, Oliver? Great Scott. I mean, great Oliver. Cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch. Um, apparently, he's back. People, <laughs> he's back and better than ever. Um, Leah, no. I would have guessed a whole lot of, um, my son's name is Adrian, and people always think his name is Aiden. Um, that's a popular one. I would have guessed Jake. Jacob actually had a good run. All right, it, this I guess this story has grown tired, but you're right. It's the social. It's from the uh, Social Security. They keep track of this stuff. Uh, SSA.gov. Anyway, uh, to 
to let you out of the vault, we'll ask you if if you can answer. I've um, been in the vault for a while. I you know. Ask me a question. I know it's getting stuffy in here. Um, no, there were questions. You just you just it, it, as long as we're talking about Boston, it, it, it counts to, to your your um, the sentence that you must serve in the vault. Um, okay, so here's a quiz. Here's a quiz. Um, it's the Boston lingo quiz that I'm making up on the spot. Um, uh, a liquor store is better known colloquially around here as what? Package store. The package store, or for short, packy. A packy, right? Okay, very good. We'll give you credit for that one. Um, so, um, what's next? Oh, um, what is the difference between a frap and a milkshake? Frap has ice cream in it. That's absolutely right. Wow, I didn't know. That. Yeah, that's. It's not supposed to be a trick question, but it's become, I think over the years, that has disappeared. Because it used to be that a frap had ice cream and a milkshake just had, uh, it, it might just have syrup in it. Nowadays, I think when you get a milkshake around here, if there's not ice cream in it, you're, you're crying foul. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see. Final question. Um, spell Fanuel Hall. F-A-N-U-I-E-L. I have to look it up. I don't even know myself. <laughs> F-A-N... What did you say again? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you credit. Congratulations. You're out of the uh, vault. The correct spelling is F-A-N-E-U-I-L. Nobody knows how to spell it. In fact, I had the right vowels. If, I didn't have it correct. If you knew how to don't spell get, Don't it, give me credit for something if it's wrong. <laughs> no, it, no, it was a trick question. Especially with your millions of listeners, because they're going to be... You know. it, was a, it was a trick question, J- just like... Um, you know, if you refer to Boston as Beantown, we would know that you're not from Boston. Correct. So, so we, we, if you know how to spell Faneuil Hall, you're probably not from Boston because all stupid tourists, they, they're the ones that want to go to Faneuil Hall. No offense, Faneuil Hall. We like you. All right. So, like I said, David is a, a financial advisor, um, but he's he's here. Well, he's here to talk about whatever he wants to. I mean, have the, the, have the run of the place, David, as far as I'm concerned. But I brought up this thing about the gratitude list. So let me take you back to um, an event that both David and I participated in. And um, for those that know me, it will come as no surprise that, that when it came time for me to give a speech, which is what this was, it was kind of it was a TED Talk style event where what were there, maybe eight of us, seven of us, eight mm-hmm. of us? Yeah. And uh, in connection with the organization we were participating in, USA 500, and we each just gave what were supposed to be thoughtful speeches. And David and mine were both very thoughtful, and the rest of them, nah. no, they were all good. They were all very good. So David, with your with your buddy Gabe, um, gave this just very compelling talk. So it's about this thing called gratitude list, and David will describe it better than I. But the only setup I think it requires is that this is David. You'll hear the voices of David and his friend Gabe talking about how. They, on a daily basis, exchange these lists of things that they are thankful for. So we're going to listen to maybe a minute or so, maybe a minute and a half of this and just get a flavor. So we started. The way our gratitude lists work is simple. We write down 10 things we're grateful for every day, and we email it to each other. We started in 2007, and we still do it today. Back then, mostly we used computers. It's so easy now with an iPhone that there's no excuse for not doing it ever. Doing it together makes us accountable. Doing it every day makes it a habit. Typing 10 things I'm grateful for takes less than two minutes. It's one of the first things I do when I wake up, and it sets the course for my entire day. And there's a science to gratitude. 
Dr. Robert Emmons is a leading professor in the field, and he also works at UC Davis, where he has a You look PhD. great on this video. Were you wearing makeup? I may have been. Three <laughs> yeah, me too. And had them each keep daily lists. The first group made a list of things that happened to them that day that were a hassle. The second group made a list of neutral life events. And the third group made a list of things they were grateful for. People who kept gratitude journals on a weekly basis, exercised more often, felt better about themselves as a whole, recorded fewer physical problems, and were much more optimistic about the coming week compared to those who recorded hassles or neutral life events. And people who kept gratitude lists also reported greater gains in the realm of personal goal attainment, specifically related to interpersonal relationships, their physical health, their careers, and their academic life. Gabe and I have been writing and sharing gratitude lists for over 10 years. That's 2,700 lists between us. I've told Gabe 13,000 things I'm grateful for. He's told me 13,000 things he's grateful for. Here's how the gratitude lists have changed our lives. Right, so so if people want to view that whole thing, they can go to, I think if they go to YouTube and, and put in... USA 500? They put in USA 500 in in my name. And and David Keefe, K-E-E-F-E. David, once the second most popular name in the United States. I'm going to be pissed at this for a while that we never made it to number one. So, um, yeah, tell us. So what we didn't hear in the clip was how you and Gabe met and... Tell us, just tell us more about this, because this, this is one of these little things. It, it is a really great, as Ferris Bueller would say, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around a, a, a once in a while, you might miss it. Very true, oft-repeated, seldom followed. How did you get into this? And, and tell us more about it. Yeah, no, thank, uh, thank you. What you just said is very important, because you, you can think about gratitude. You can think about a lot of different things. You can think you want to change your behaviors. You can think you want to change your attitude. But the only way to actually do something is to change your behavior. So what are you actually doing on a daily basis to change how you're thinking? And I met Gabe. I used to do a lot of cycling, and I was single and didn't have kids. So I'd go ride my bike for 60 miles every weekend, you know, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes during the week. And then I would go to Johnny's Luncheonette in Newton. Love it. And great it was, omelets. Yeah. yeah, they had great omelets, and they had oatmeal with cranberries in it. And mm-hmm. so I would just go there, and he was there, and I would sit at the bar. And in this video that if anyone goes to look at, he's a clean-cut guy. He has short hair. He looks professional. He's wearing a button-down blue shirt. When I met him, he was missing a tooth. He had dreadlocks. Uh, he was a very poor uh, – he was an art student. Mm-hmm. And so I would just go there and sit there and talk to him a little bit. And – to him, it appeared as if my life was all squared away, you know, because I was, you know, I was exercising, I was in good shape, I was eating well, I had a job, and he would just yeah. complain about stuff all the time. So I would yeah. go in there, I'd talk to him, how you doing? I, I, I just complain. And then one day, it just came to me, I said, you know what, I'm just going to ask this guy to do a gratitude list. I said, Gabe, listen, I've been talking to you for weeks. And Now, well, you, had, you, you say it as if he would know what that meant. Like, it, it, and in other words, had you done them before? Um, you know, I hadn't, but I had been living a life where I was trying to look at positive things often. And I'd heard about gratitude lists, and mm-hmm. perhaps I had done a few before, but nothing on a regular basis. And it, it, it wasn't my intention to do one. It was my intention to have him do one. Right. So I asked him, 
Gabe, you're focusing on a lot of negative things. When I talk to you, it seems as if there's a lot of positive things going on in your life. And I mentioned a few. You're in art school. You have a job. You have your health. You know, you're a great artist. You're a musician. He's a DJ. There's a lot of great things going on in his life. And I just said, write a list of 10 things you're grateful for and email that to me tomorrow. Can you do that? Got him to commit to it. He said yes. Mm-hmm. He, that next day he emailed it. And I got it. And I was inspired. I said, you know what? I'll just Instead of just saying, oh, thank you for the gratitude list. Right, right. I just re- hit reply, yeah. and I wrote my own gratitude list of 10 things. And Do you remember anything that was on that first list? No? I would imagine it was... Um, I, I don't. That's a great question. I bet I, we have all of them. Yeah. I never deleted any of them. Really? Yeah. Okay, so you could go back. That would be cool to go back, go to back see and the look first at what the one. first one yeah. was. Yeah. We used to number them. You know what? I got an idea. So Gabe's probably going to listen to this. So Gabe, box your ears. If you, this is what you get him for like his next birthday take the first one, uh, yours and his, and like print it out on some nice paper and frame it. That would be, wouldn't that be cool? That's so cool. Get I'm one writing for, it down. I know you are writing yeah, it down. Yeah. I'm very impressed with myself. Um, so I'm sorry, go on. Well, we just, so we just started that and then it just became a daily habit. Mm-hmm. Um, we just did it over and over again. Sometimes if you think throughout a week, I'm going to do something, you know, what day am I going to do it? It's much easier to, if you just do it every day because then it's not a decision. Mm-hmm. It just needs to be done every day. We would do it in the mornings. Uh, he, at the time, uh, then he moved to California a few years later. So it was great because I would send mine in the morning. Obviously, there's a time difference there, three hours, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so if I sent mine out at 6 or 7 o'clock in the morning, he's still sleeping. But three or four hours later, his would come back. Right. So it was. I, I would send it out first. And if I forgot to send it out on a given day, when his came, it was a reminder to send out mine. So there became some accountability to it, which I think is really important. It's And, and sorry, but 10? Every, every list had 10? Yeah, 10, sometimes 11. Some, yeah, God. usually 10. And it strikes me as a lot. But, they're, <laughs> but we try to make them very simple, so it's not a sentence. They're usually words or two words or three words. Okay. If I were to ask you right now, David, uh, give me 10 things you're grateful for. Yes. Uh, bourbon, beer, uh, rum. Uh, no, uh, my, my, all right. Obviously, uh, my kids uh, sitting outdoor on my balcony, um, uh, rewatching the Breaking Bad television show, which I love so much. What getting together with friends with watching Patriot games, taking funny phone calls from my friend OC. How many is that? I Did I do it? Six, if we count uh, all the first ones as liquor. That's a, oh no, I didn't know there were rules around this. All right, I can keep going. Hold on. Um, uh, let's see. A nap on a Saturday afternoon when you have nothing to do. Um, let's see a uh, a meeting that runs long because you're having such a good time. Um, going through sound files to find cool stuff to put into the podcast that I produce. Um, Hanging out with, I just he just popped into my head. My friend Maddie Blake, who's who's the like the sweetest and funniest guy that I know. That must be ten. Yeah, that's sure, 10? that's ten. Okay. And okay. that that couldn't have taken you more than a minute and a half. Right. So how much time does it take? It takes very little time. Yeah, but if you ask me tomorrow, I might be going over the same thing. Like, so then what happens is then <laughs> yeah, you good. have to be creative. Right. Um, so, you know, initially it's going to start off with very similar to yours. You know, friends, family, things you're doing on a daily basis. But often mine are breathing, the air, a bird okay. I saw. Certainly this podcast would be on things that you did during the day. Yeah, hey, I made the list. Right. My, my health. So they could be, they could be, it could be anything. It could, it could be, it could well, be. after, if you're doing them for 12 or 13 years, it better be everything because so, it's right. going <laughs> to, it, it's, it's, it's going to become too repetitive. So then right. you have to be, then you start being creative in what you're doing. Right. But the key to what ends up happening with a gratitude list is that if you do it over a long period of time, it literally, 
I believe, changes the way you think about things. All right, so hold that thought because you, that was where the video left off. And because it, it's it, like we're listening, I'm listening to this. I think it, I do think it's fascinating. I could say without hyperbole. But yeah, the question looming is, well, yeah, but why? Why? Why not do it for a year and then skip it? Why not do it? We're going to find out after I tell you about the U.S. Postal Service, which I am very thankful for. I'm very thankful that I have a friend over there, my good friend George Kippenham, who introduced us to the U.S. Postal Service and allows me on a daily basis to tell you that they're the second largest largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today at USPS.com slash careers. From mail carriers to corporate management, the USPS works together to provide efficient, affordable service to the American public. The workers are the backbone of its service. So USPS wants to develop and advance careers so that it's Development programs train and prepare employees for promotions and growth in a variety of business areas. Everything you need to know is at the website, usps.com slash careers. It's the policy of the Postal Service to provide equal employment opportunity and prevent employment discrimination. The Postal Service seeks to attract and retain a diverse workforce in which employees respect and value each other, each other's differences and work to promote collaboration, flexibility, and fairness so that all employees are able to participate and contribute to their full potential. Apply today. Website, once again, usps.com slash careers. U.S. Postal Service deliver for the nation. Yesterday, as I was reading that, my guest was laughing at me. I said, what are you laughing at? She said, I, I couldn't stand that because I was waiting for you to take a breath and you didn't take a breath. <laughs> I'm thankful that I can get through the live read without taking a breath. But um, before we hear about uh, the... So uh, you're being creative. I, uh, well, it's kind of my stock and trade. If I'm not creative, I die. Uh, <clears throat> but I mentioned earlier... Well, you know what? I'll probably edit this that out. I, I told David before that I rarely edit anything out of these podcasts, but I might edit out the part where I said, uh, just go to YouTube and search for the video. Better yet... If you're watching uh, and consuming this podcast on the Adori app, you are looking at the link right now to the full the full uh, video of David and his buddy Gabe talking about the gratitude list. We will also put it in the for those of you who don't have the Adori app, we'll put it in the show notes. So just go to the show notes of this podcast, and I'll have the link there so you can watch the full thing. So that was way too much babbling. Do I talk too much? I, I, I it's kind of the business I'm in. So. Um, anyway, tell us the long-term benefits of the gratitude list. We've been waiting. The long-term benefits of the gratitude list. Well, are, you, I mean, it's just it's just being able to live on a daily basis with a positive focus in your. Did mind. I ask the wrong question? You said it, no. I, oh, no, I think uh, no. You asked the right question. What's, okay. what's you know? You could do it for a year. You could also exercise for a year. <laughs> Great point. You could Ooh, also eat well wow. for a year. Right. You're right. You know. Mm. So what's going to happen? You're going to get the benefits of doing that for a year. Right. And then quickly, the, if you if you eat well for a year, you're going to lose 10, 15 pounds. You're going to feel great, all those things. But if you then start eating poorly for two months, you're going to start feeling that. Same thing with exercise. So yep. it's a cumulative effect over a long period of time. And if I stopped doing it, perhaps I would default back to more of a negative attitude, which seems – what a lot of people just are built with, like in suffering in their their lives, it just yeah. it's easier to be negative. Ask someone how they're doing, hanging in there, doing okay, right? Same I'm, old, same I'm okay, old. same old. Yeah. And yeah. I I always have like little quick responses to all of those. Someone will say I'm hanging in there. I'm like, really? Is that all you're doing? <laughs> That's <laughs> well, it. The, the truth the truth may be sad, right? The no, but be... I maybe I know the person, so okay. I'll say, really, right. that you you're just hanging in there. Is that right? Right. You know? yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. they smile at me, mm-hmm. and 
but but the gratitude list over long, like Gabe now has gone from again he was doing well, but now he's a really he's much more positive. He, he's outgoing. He's living in L.A. He's got an apartment. He has a stand-up comedy gig going. Really? Yeah. He, he's built. He, he's uh, redoing a house in Palm Springs. Can he's married. Find, he's got a dog. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's the guy's living a great life. Yeah. yeah. So those lists keep keep coming. Keep yeah, those cards yeah. and letters coming. What? Can we check out his comedy online anywhere? Uh, yeah, yeah. I think you can go to GabeJohnson.com. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Shout out Gabe Johnson. Um, I'd love to have him on the podcast. He's performed yes. at the Comedy Store recently. Uh, in L.A. LA or yeah. Boston? Ooh. L.A., yeah. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Uh, so to me, uh, what you said about getting creative is, you know, I like to exercise my creativity, and I'm a guy who has had to, like you perhaps, who has had to find ways to do it in prior jobs that I've had. Not not this job, producing podcasts. Obviously, uh, there's plenty of room for creativity, but I used to be a lawyer, used to be a financial advisor like you. And um, there are many ways to get creative with, with jobs like that. So do you feel that in exercising your brain daily to be creative, does it help you come up with ideas for either giving advice to people or the people that you, you network and you hang out with professionally or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I try to always be a positive person and try to help other people and, you know, do the next right thing. And when I, when I see situations where people are being really negative or maybe the, I, I don't think they're looking at the situation the right way, I'll just try to convey some of this on them, um, like some of yeah. the positive and be more positive or be more grateful. I mean, I, just recently I was sharing the gratitude list with someone and they liked it so much they started doing it and that's happened a lot mm-hmm. so a lot of people have started to do gratitude lists or certainly after this talk which we you and I both gave to over 200 people I think were in the audience yeah. you know a number of those people that I've seen uh, you know over the past couple of years have come up to me and said hey I started doing a gratitude list mm-hmm. and maybe it's only three things it doesn't have to be 10 it's only three and it's been impactful for them I just had a client uh, come in a couple months ago, and she is – I've known her for a long time. So when you know people for a long time, and you, even if you only see them a couple times a year and talk to them on the phone once or twice a year, you start to see a pattern on how they act yeah. and, and how they think about things and how they see things. And, and this was a woman who uh, just had a little negative twist on almost everything, mm-hmm. and she unfortunately had cancer. And – she has a decent prognosis, but not not great. She's going to live for a while, but mm-hmm. she, her life expectancy could certainly be cut short. But she was complaining so much about her job, and she was in her mm-hmm. late fifties. Her job gave her amazing health insurance. Mm-hmm. It gave her uh, summers off, mm-hmm. a lot of flexibility. She loved the core of what she was doing. Mm-hmm. She just didn't like the the management okay. a little bit, and it, she didn't even have to interact with them that much. Right. And, but all the benefits. So I, I, after talking to her, and she was thinking about leaving the job. And whether she does that or not, that's certainly up to her. But I just said to her, I, I gave her a yellow pad, and I, and I wrote across the top. I drew a line, and I drew the line down the bottom. And I said, I said why don't you uh, – I'm going to give you an exercise. Can you do it for me? She said, sure. And I wrote pros – on mm-hmm. one side, and I wrote cons on the other. I said, why don't you go home and spend 10 or 15 minutes and look at all the pros of your job? And then look at all the cons and then make a decision of, of how you want to think about your job for the next five or ten years. Right. And what And that essentially is a gratitude list. What happened? She thanked me for it. So did, two did, days did later. Is she still at her job? Or did she no, leave? she's still at her job. She yeah. is. Okay. Yeah. It would be a really poor decision for her to leave, but I wanted her – I didn't want to tell her that. I wanted her to make that decision. Yeah. So if someone 
if you're in the business of helping people or giving advice and you can have them come to the conclusion that something is the right thing for them to do, but they're saying it and you're not saying it right. through questions or just asking them questions. Yeah. And then people will maybe do things that you're advising or in her case, keep her job. Yeah. I think, I, I think I may be captain obvious here, but the, the gratitude list forces, forces you maybe wrong word, encourages you to look at things in the most positive light. If you have to come up with 10 things every day that's good, you maybe train your brain to look at, look at you know, at, to every day, look at things in the positive way rather than the negative. When, you know, when something negative happens, um, and it happens to all of us, nobody's, you know, nobody's got the full bowl of cherries, um, you know, there are, there are two ways to go. You can languish in it, or you can you can uh, fix it, or try to look at it a little bit of a different way. You know, I mean, okay. So the, I'm going to use the dumbest example in history, but <laughs> how about that? How's that for a teaser? Let's say you're at a restaurant and you're really looking forward to you know getting the linguine primavera or some such thing, and it comes and it's just terrible, like it's undercooked or it's too spicy or something. You know, and you've been looking forward to it all day. Like, eh, I got to send it back. You got to send it back and you're pissed. And a lot of people will like, you know, when something goes wrong at a restaurant, they'll just um, scream, ask for the manager, throw a big fit. And I always say to people I'm with, it's like, okay, there's two things. There's how you feel to, to react to the situation where something bad happens. And then there's the result. So there could be a possible result. There could be a part two to this night where if you let them know that something wrong happened, maybe they try to make up for it, maybe in a way that you really enjoy. And then maybe it turns the whole thing around into a positive. Um, or you can just go off and scream and make it really awkward and, and make the whole night known for that. Right. Sure. And then you have to come back and you know apologize to the staff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because you won't feel good about I'm it. I'm sorry for throwing a fork across the room. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, it, in other words, and obviously, like I said, it's a, kind of a silly example, but it's. Um, well, they I mean, wrote a book about it. It's called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And yeah. It's, it's, yeah. But again, all that stuff in practice, right? So if you're practicing that on a daily basis, you'll 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 be able to act that way, act the right way. Yeah. But if your mind is conditioned to the negative, you almost have no choice but to act the way that you just described. It's, yeah. it's just built into you. Like you almost can't not do it. Right. Well, I'll I'll, I'll give you a, a different example. I don't know if this is a perfect spot on example either, but I was um, and she wouldn't mind me saying this, uh, our mutual friend, Toby Gerard, you know, Toby, right? Yep. So Toby is, uh, is just a, a very sweet, wonderful, uh, sharp as attack woman. She sells long-term care insurance. I, at the time I met her was a financial advisor and we developed just a nice kind of friendship. And the, the goal being though, that we would send business back and forth. So I referred her, uh, one of my clients, she did the long-term care deal for that person. Now, the person in sitting with her happened to ask for a lawyer. Now, it's not something I would do, but it was my client. Toby recommended a couple of estate planning lawyers. And so I said to Toby, uh, you know, I, I don't mean to cry foul. I think you're wonderful, but th there's a rule that I like to live by, and, and I should have told you ahead of time maybe. It's that if it's my client, you should come back to me first and see if there are people that I would want to refer. No, I don't know. Is that a, is that a rule in the sort of kind of? Perhaps unwritten. Uh, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. But it's, it's – and so in a nutshell, she felt horrible, mm -hmm. and she sent me a gift card to the, like the loveliest restaurant in Boston. I forget what it was, but it was really impressive. Sure. So, of course, I come back, and I go, you didn't have to do that. She goes, David, I just felt so bad. I enjoy our relationship. And so – and she so she spun it around and yeah. life is not there's not always a gift card to fix every situation but she spun it around she could have uh, bummed out that she pissed me off and i could have stayed pissed off at her but instead 
you know, and we've been friends ever since. Sure. I don't know. Well, so, you did the right thing. You just talked about it. It's. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I'm glad. In that case, I was glad I brought it out in the open because let's face it, there are many times when people piss us off, and you kind of keep it bottled up and all. So we've got a little time left. We haven't talked about what you do professionally. I mean, you're, you're, um, uh, well, we've alluded to it and all, but do, but do you, do you want to talk a little bit about that, David? Or sure, okay, no, I'd be happy to. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been in business for 26 years. I do financial planning and estate planning, and we help. Uh, all sorts of different folks, but we tend to help people that are doing well in their businesses. So whether it's academics, we work with a lot of executives of companies, business owners. And what we find is that a lot of our people that we're working with have accumulated wealth because they're really good at doing what they're doing. So they spend a lot of time doing what they're doing. So they've accumulated wealth doing that. And if they're married uh, and their partner, husband or wife is working as well, then perhaps they're doing similar things. So when we start asking these people questions about their financial situation, what we find is they can tell us a little bit about this or they can tell us specifics about this. It's almost as if they're driving down the road with one headlight on. They can tell us, again, specifics about certain things, but it's very difficult for them to look at the entire picture. Mm -hmm. So what we try to do is to present their situation back to them where it's, it's as if they're putting the other headlight on so they can see their whole financial picture. Mm-hmm. And then they can make good decisions based on what their goals and objectives are. And that's the essence of what our business is and who we're helping. Um, and you said estate planning. So people usually think of that separately. So so you, you literally do the estate planning? Like you, so we're, we refer out to a group of attorneys that we work with very okay. closely, but it's a component that we bring up often uh, because I think estate planning is really important when you're talking about financial planning. Do you have a law degree? I do not. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but we've studied a lot of estate planning, and I've worked with a lot of estate planning attorneys over the years. I've sat in on many meetings with estate planners. Mm-hmm. So we know a lot of the basics and some of the even more complex um, you know, techniques and things that they use for estate planning. And, you know, just the simple basics. People, I don't want to call them little-known facts, but, you know, a health care proxy, a durable power of attorney, a will, those types of things. You've had Harry Margolis come in recently doing things, and he has that new book, All Your yep. Ducks in a Row, which I, right. which I ordered on Amazon. It's a, hey, it's cool. a great book. Cha-ching. Thank you. Yep. And <laughs> so that's just basics of estate planning. So we just bring those things up. So that's when we talk about that. Sorry, I pay a lot for the sound effects. Oh, somebody turn that off. Okay, it was only one purchase, but Harry's grateful. I'm, so- yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, um, and I take it when you, you know, when you sit down, I can tell that you are just the type that when you work with a client, you're asking about their life and not just their, you know, portfolio and their will, right? Yeah, we spend most of our time in the first couple of interviews. It's called an insight interview, our step one in our process of just really figuring out or asking a lot of deep questions in terms of what your goals are, what your objectives are, what you're trying to accomplish in the next three years. We try to keep the time frame uh, shorter, three years to five years. If you have someone in their 40s and you start asking them questions about retirement and they have young mm-hmm. kids, it, it becomes too confusing. So where, where do you see yourself in the next three years? Mm-hmm. And we, we ask those types of questions. And then what are they worried about? You know, yeah. What are their dangers? What are their strengths? What are their opportunities? And we ask, we spend a lot of time, their family structure, mm-hmm. uh, brothers, sisters, parents. We want to know their work, uh, all of that. And we want to know really a lot about them so that... If we understand all of that and what they're trying to accomplish, and then for us, the financial stuff becomes a bit academic. You know, you look at a balance sheet, you look what they're saving, you look what they're spending, mm-hmm. and then the solutions, they just present themselves. 
And I can say, having known you for as number of years as we've known each other, David is very well connected. He's a very good networker. And so in, in talking with people might not realize this, if you're talking to your financial advisor, some people love their financial advisor. Some people don't even know their financial advisor. And then others don't have one. And you should have one. You should have one because when you have questions, you'd call up. But if you check in periodically, as I imagine you do regular client reviews, right, um, and you ask them, what are you worried about? You know, you don't have to say the client doesn't have to say, you know, the price of gold or that that interest rates are going to go up or down or whatever. It's that, you know, well, I got a brother who's an alcoholic who just lost his job and I'm really worried about him. And it's like, well, why would I tell that to my financial advisor? Why? Because it might start a discussion. And all of a sudden the financial, you know, you're very well connected. You may know someone that can help. There may be ways that they haven't thought of that you can help. Yeah. Now, that's a so, great question. One question I ask my clients yeah. a lot is um, I ask them, are you supporting anyone other than your immediate family financially? Right, right. Because you and never know. And that's when you find the brother, the yeah. sister, the nephew, whoever it might be. Yeah. By the way, my bro- I have two brothers. I don't think either one of them is an alcoholic. But, but Adam, Matt, <laughs> if you are, please reach out. I'm here for you. Uh, <laughs> all right. So once again, David Keefe at four. I, wait a minute. Hold on. But, uh, well, I'll say it. David Keefe, fourpointfinancial.com. Use the numeral four-pointfinancial.com uh, office in Waltham. But he'll he'll meet you like wherever you, you like. He'll meet you down at uh, Adventureland or Fantasyland. Um, I had one more question about this is my ADD kicking in going back to the gratitude list, which I, which I I um I want to try. I don't want to proclaim it on on uh, the podcast here because then uh, I'll have no way out. But um, I'm flirting with the with the gratitude list. What I'm curious about is the, yours yours arose out of happenstance, out of a um I don't know if the word is unusual, but unusual friendship. I guess it is unusual. You developed a friendship with the guy that was your waiter at Johnny's Lunch today. Yeah, you know, it's a bit unusual. And, now the, and, this, and this dude who is not 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 um, years and years younger than you, but younger than you, sort of half a generation younger, maybe. Yeah, I think he's just over forty, so about yeah, probably nine or ten years younger. Okay, yeah, so not yeah. maybe not that much yeah. younger, but but um, what like if if I'm looking for someone to pick, what advice would you have? If I was going to try to choose someone now, what I would want to do is choose someone that I I knew, but not super well. Yeah. Right. And someone that I knew and I trusted because what what has happened with Gabe and I, which is really interesting, is that we don't talk very much on the phone. But when we do, I know everything that's going on in his life. Yeah. And he knows everything that's going on. I've been to his wedding. He was at my wedding. So we're really good friends. Great. But what ends up happening is you get to know someone very um, intimately because they're telling you 10 things they're grateful for every day. Right. So if you don't talk to them for a month. Yeah. Those are, that's a lot of things, a lot of data that you, and it takes, it takes a minute to get that input. Like yeah. You just read it. It takes a minute to read it. But you have all this data. When you, so when you talk to them, like, oh, yeah, the house is going well. How's your dog? You know, you get this new job. It's all right there. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, all, yeah. all in a positive way. So I guess you would just choose someone that you trust. And maybe you know them well. Maybe you don't. But, but get ready because you're going to know them a lot better. Yeah. See, I think I want And you don't have to do it forever. Like if, if it doesn't work, you just stop. Yeah. I think I want to choose someone who is a friend that I would like to spend more time with. Because how many times have we had, you know, you seem to be better than most of these things. But I have friends that I adore that I that I talk to or see as little as once a year. So so what is that? That's that's either my laziness or our collective laziness or something. 
and it's embarrassing to get back together with someone like that. And, and I'm like, how's everything going? How's Sarah? Oh, you didn't know we got divorced, you know, eight months ago. It's like, no, you know, and, but that happens. And the person's like, no, that's okay. How would you know? And it's like, well, you know what? If I was a better friend and I was better staying in touch, maybe I would know. So, but that's just also the rhythms of life. I mean, we only have so much bandwidth on a daily basis. But that would be a great way to, if there was someone like that you really liked, and would like to be more connected with them, that would be a quick, easy way to do it. See, I wonder if some therapist would say, do your gratitude list with your significant other, but I like the way you do it, because a significant other, with that, if you're not talking frequently to your significant other anyway, right. then then um, I don't know if the gratitude list is going to save you per se. But there are ways yeah. to incorporate things like that. So it's not there's no set way to do something like this. I just happen to do it top 10 every day in the morning. That's what I do. I've, I've heard people talk about, after I've shared it with them, they've come back a couple months later and said, hey, David, I've been doing it with my wife. We do a top three right before we go to bed. Okay. So that's just the last thing they say at night before they go to bed to each other, the top three things they were grateful for. I do. I often do it with my kids at for dinner. For some reason, that feels too Dr. Phil to me. But yeah, hey, maybe, but maybe you're right. But it's me. I, don't, uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it, I try to do it with my kids. My kids are 10 and 8 at dinner time. Yeah. Like, you know, if we go around and say grace, I might ask them, you know, what are you grateful for today? We don't yeah. do it every day, but we, we do it often enough. I like that. I like, I like, um, now, now I'm thinking, of, you know, my son's uh, 17, senior in high school. He doesn't have a lot of time for me these days. <laughs> now, he makes plenty of time for me, and he's a wonderful kid, but so much going on in his life, such an ex- exciting time in his life. And uh, that might be a cool thing for me to do with him. If Gr- Griffin, if you're listening, I'm sure you've already said, Dad, come on, stupid. Uh, but maybe not. Who knows? Um, well, we are up, up against the clock, and I hit the wrong button for the closing music of the show. See, when you make a mistake, you're not perfect. And I am grateful that I am humble enough to admit my mistakes. Uh, I'm grateful that David Keefe appeared on the show today and that I have wonderful friends like him. I'm grateful that I'm thinking about connecting with some old friends. Oh, my God! It's working! (laughs) I hope you had fun, David. I did. You're changing right in front of me. So that's that's fantastic. Thank you for having me. I know. I'm a convert. David Keefe, you're awesome. Once again, David Keefe, financial advisor at fourpointfinancial.com. That's where you find him, my office in Waltham. And if you want to see that full video of him and his friend Gabe giving in that awesome TED Talk style uh, presentation about the gratitude list, check the show notes. Or if you're on the Adori app, it'll appear right on your phone and you can click through and watch right now. On behalf of, oh, by the way, if you like this podcast, I am thankful that I didn't forget to tell people to share and like this podcast and and spread the mojo and spread the juju. Thanks again to our friends at U.S. Postal Service, USPS.com slash careers and our good friends at Adori. Go to the App Store, download the Adori app, A-D-O-R-I. My name is Dave. On behalf of David Keefe, I am just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston, You must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. You must be the other guy.